Well, bless the Lord this morning. Pastor Mike's going to bring us the word. Let him know you appreciate him as he comes this morning. How's everybody doing? It's good to be back. Yay. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Your goodness, it does run after us. You are holy. We love you. And we need you. In a time as this, Lord, we need to cling to you like we've never clung to anything before in our life. Lord, we could say where the words teach us by the Spirit. We love you, Lord. And as we, as the word goes forth today, let it prepare our hearts to receive it and, Lord, to live it and to see it produce a, a fruit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get a little bit more light over here? Thank you. So as, as I was praying and prepped for today's message, I got a vision of a lifesaver life being cast in my direction because I was just praying, I was just pouring out to the Lord, I was seeking him, and just all of a sudden I just saw this hand and I saw this lifesaver being, being thrown in my direction. And it's as if God was saying, hold on, I got you, and I will bring you through. Do you ever feel <clears throat> like you are drowning even though you're on dry ground? The waters of life can seem calm one moment, and then bang, you're in over your head. The demands that life throw at you can sometimes overwhelm you and feel like you're drowning. You know, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody, I, I know one time I was, I was a little kid, and we were on vacation. I, I think I was still in the single digits, Pastor Rick. That's all, you know, and my, we were at the Howard Johnson's. This is going, this is how, this is goes to show you how old, you know, the Howard Johnson's. People are like, who's Howard Johnson? What is that, the third base guy for the Mets? No, this was a hotel. And um, and we're there, and we're we're at the pool, and my mother says, "I I gotta go in the room. I gotta go in the room. I need you to stay here. I need you to stay right here. Don't go on the slide. And don't go in the deep pool." I'm like, "Okay," and I just watched her steps. And the minute that sliding door shut, I was off to the slide. And I slid, and I went down, and that's where I stayed. And, I, and all of a sudden, just some, some young guy just, boom, grabbed me, put me up. <laughs> I went over to the side. My mother, come, my mother comes and says, I can't believe you didn't go down the slide or the deep end. Not me, Mom. <laughs> She's passed on 30 years. I still haven't told her what I did. I'm sure God did. But, you know, drowning is a scary thing, and it can overwhelm us. And sometimes we, do, we don't listen to direction. When God says, you know, don't, don't go down the slide, don't get in deep water, and you're like, okay, and then we think he's turned his back, and we go down the slide, and we end up in deep water. And so life can be overwhelming. The man's that life throws at you can make you feel at times as if you're drowning. Relationships at times takes on more water 
than we can handle. And we're over there with the bucket trying to empty it, trying to empty it, trying to empty it. Here's the thing. Get rid of the bucket. Get rid of the bucket. Relationships are hard, and sometimes things go away, things don't go away, or issues, issues come up that uh, begin to put a strain on relationships. Parenting. <laughs> Helping children navigate the waters that they're venturing into. You know, it was one thing when we were kids, I remember my parents could just shut the door and I can go, I can, as a child, as a, as a preschool kid, as a preschool kid, Louie, I can ride around a, a block in Brooklyn by myself. And I remember, tick 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 No problem. Try doing that now. But it's even scary, it's even overwhelming sending our kids to school. The waters that they have to navigate now is unbelievable. The piranhas that are in the water. And if you're a dad like me and you got girls, the sharks that circle. Get me one of them spear guns. But we have to, we're standing on the shore because we can't just let our kids stay on the shores, stay away from the water. We've got to allow them to get in the water. We've got to allow them to swim. We've even got to allow them to, to oh, go down a couple of times. Because we just can't, we, we can't be helicopter parents. We've got to allow them to experience life too. But we can stand on the shore. <whistles> come on in, come on in. Water's getting rough. Riptide, riptide. Shark, shark, piranha. And I know kids will be like, oh, come on, just leave us alone. We've been in the waters before. We know when the waves get rough, okay? They've knocked us around just as much as they're knocking you around. If not, you're being knocked around even more. We know the waters. And so sometimes it can seem like we're overwhelming you children. We're not. We're trying to keep you safe. And so... Parenting can seem overwhelming. Finances can turn on a dime. No pun intended. One minute you can be flushed with cash and all of a sudden something breaks. Whether it's the car, whether it's the house or something. And you're like, oh, well, there goes that. And so things... Your finances can turn on a dime, and it can become overwhelming to the point where you can say, how am I, how am I supposed to pay for this? Where am I going to get this? How, is, how, is, how am I going to get this fixed? It could be overwhelming. Health. This is overwhelming and lonely. You're the one who's sick while others are not. And while there may be others around you that are there, to help take care of you, it's still what you're going through. And it can seem, and it is, overwhelming. In all that we go through in life, it all comes down to one vital word. Trust. See, who or what you put your trust in is vitally important in life. Who or what you put your trust in? You know, the government would say, put your trust in us. We got you. We're going to take care of you. Yeah. 
I, 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 I hear you. You know, when we enter into relationships, it's a risk because you're saying to, a per, to someone, you can trust me. And now time will tell as if you can trust me. But in all aspects of life, trust is a foundation in which we walk upon. And sure, there's times that, we've, that people have broken trust. There are times that uh, people have shown themselves to not be trustworthy. Or people have given you their word and then they've not been able to fulfill their word. And so they've broken trust. But trust is important and it's an aspect vital to life. Because if you can't trust no one, you become bitter and you're lonely. And when things go, go wrong in your life, it seems like you can't put yourself out there for help. So trust is something that, we, that is vitally important for us to walk upon the path of life. When it comes to our relationship with the Lord, trust is a must. Whether you are just starting your relationship with the Lord or you are a seasoned saint. I was going to use old saint, but that just didn't sit well with me. So whether you're just starting your relationship with the Lord or you're a seasoned saint, there are always situations that arise that challenge whom you will put your trust in. In Proverbs chapter 3, I hope you've turned there. Obviously, I'm going to read verses 5, but we're going to read verses 5, 6, and 7. When the Lord gave me this portion of Scripture, I was like, well, that's easy. You know, um, trust in the Lord. You know, but the Lord said, look at it, look at it, look at it. And as I began to look at it, look at it, look at it, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes up to things that I've never seen before in the scripture. And so Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, and 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. Amen. Amen. There are four things that we wrestle with when it comes to fully trusting the Lord. Four things. Write this down. Heart, mind, <clears throat> will, intellect. There are four things here, and it shows us, and, and we'll see it in Scripture, that as we Say we're going to trust the Lord. Well, then there are four things that we have to contend with in our own lives that let us fully trust the Lord. Let's look at the heart. See, the Bible has a lot to say about the heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says that the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick, who can understand it? Wow. What a judgment on the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, what we have to understand is trust is a heart issue. When it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, we have to understand the Bible, what the Bible is telling us about. First of all, I have to understand that my heart is desperately sick. It's wicked. Okay, you ever hear people that say, oh, well, just follow your heart. Okay, follow it. See where it leads you. Good luck. So, if I can't trust my heart, how do I trust my heart to trust the Lord? Well, this is, this is really good to understand. Okay, so if I, what I have to do is I have to understand the condition of my heart. Because of the condition of my heart, who else am I going to trust? So I have to trust the Lord even though there's issues in my heart. The Bible tells us again in, in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Sometimes we have a sick heart because we've let too much stuff into our heart. We've let worldly things in, wicked things, evil things, things that have done damage to our heart and to relationships, and it takes a long time to get them out of our heart. If you want to know, I've heard pastors say this so many times, and it's so true. If you want to know what's inside somebody's heart, just let them talk. And don't say anything. They'll reveal to you their heart. Or if you want to know what's in somebody's heart, wait till they get around you and they start talking about somebody else. I can guarantee you when you leave, they've already talked about you. That's an issue of the heart. And so you see, we have to guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And so when we're trusting in the Lord, there has to be, we have to understand that God is looking at our heart and understanding our heart, and, and yet we, stand, we have to understand the issues that have flowed out of our heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God. So we have here David writing in the psalm after sinning with Bathsheba and the death of the, of the, of the child that was born as a result. So he's saying, creating me a clean heart. Why is he saying that? Because he understands the condition of his heart. His heart led him astray. His heart led him into adultery. His heart led him to murder. David, a man after God's own heart, had something in his heart that caused him to do despicable things. And so the Bible has a lot to say about the heart. But trust truly is a heart issue. See, if I harden my heart towards someone, it's because I don't trust them. And I don't allow them access to my heart. But if we harden our heart towards God, then who, and who can we trust? And so we have to understand that trust is a heart issue. A half-hearted relationship is not trust but control. Here's what a half-hearted relationship is. I'm, I'm going, to, especially towards the Lord, Lord, I'm giving this thing to you. Here it is, Lord, I'm trusting you with it. But then we start to put demands on how long we're going to allow ourselves to trust God with it. When it gets too uncomfortable because I'm waiting for the answer, I, I take the issue back. That's a half-hearted relationship. And a half-hearted relationship isn't a relationship, it's control. 
or I put the thing in God's hands and it's taken too long for the result to uh, finalize. And because we live in such a, a, a fast society where, where everything is, is at our fingertips, I can have a meal in two minutes, right? We're asking God, to, to, we're trying to turn God into a microwave. Turn on a phone, uh, oh, there it is, there's the news, got it. God doesn't work like that. Sometimes God is real. I've got your answer. And we're like, come on, come on, come on. What's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? I'm you know, it's, did anybody ever see that? There's, a, there's this movie that I watched with Isabella, uh, Zootopia. Anybody seen it? The Sloth at DMV? Well, that was great. I don't know whoever came up. That was creative. We want things fast, 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 fast. And if we treat God like, who's really in control? Do you understand? To trust God means the timing is in his hands, not in mine. And if he decides to act like the sloth, then I have to trust him and not take back control of that issue. Trust is a heart issue. It shows the condition of my heart. It shows that um, whether, I, whether, my, whether my heart is in a right place or a wrong place. And here's the beauty of it. God knows the condition of my heart because his, his scripture already said it. And this is the place where I get to relate with God concerning the condition of my heart. See, if it's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, well, that sounds so easy. It's a good saying. Sometimes when you're going through it, some people just pass by and say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not a good word, not at this time. <laughs> right? But people mean well, and I get it, you know. Hit him with the shoe. But it's the condition of the heart. See, if a heart is like impatient, that's the condition of the heart. If the heart is, is, is so moved to have things done fast, that's the condition of the heart. If the heart is that uh, I can trust you, God, but only to a certain point, it's a condition of the heart. If it, if it comes down to, Lord, I put this in your hands, but condition of the heart. And so we have to understand that when, when it comes to trusting in the Lord, we our heart is already exposed to God. The fact of the matter is it's just being exposed to us, and we become surprised by it. So it's not a time of drawing away from God, but drawing to God. See, and this is a place where I begin to relate to God, where I start to say, God, I'm having a struggle in my heart keeping this issue before you. Or I'm having a struggle in my heart wanting to take it back. See, trust isn't just, okay, Lord, I trust you. Trust is a renewal. Okay, I'm, God, I'm going to trust you. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you. God, my heart's not feeling this right now. My heart is 
is racing. My heart is, is in anticipatory moment right now. I'm needing something more. But I trust you. I trust you. Help my heart overcome my anxiety. Help my heart overcome my fear. Help my heart overcome my doubt. Lord, trust is a heart issue, and my heart right now is not working. So trust becomes a heart issue. Trust in the Lord is a matter of wholehearted devotion. And sometimes we're half-hearted people. I'll give you what I can, but I'll give you, I'll give you my heart. But there are conditions, Lord, you know, uh, I don't want to go here. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to serve. I don't want to, oh, I want to serve, but I want to serve where I'm comfortable at, not where I'm, uh, where I'm uncomfortable at. Those are half-hearted conditions. And God's saying, if you're going to trust me, it's not half-hearted because that's not trust. That's control. Trust is a wholehearted, I'm in this thing 100%, and I'm, no matter the outcome, no matter how long it takes, God, I'll, even if I have to struggle through it, I'm going to trust you. That's wholehearted devotion when it comes to trust. Let's look at the mind. Have you ever tried to figure out God? How's he going to do it? Is he going to answer me like he did before? How long is it going to take? Who is he going to use to do it? When's the answer going to come? Is he going to fix the situation this way? Is he going to take care of the relationship the way I figured it needs to be taken care of? He, they're wrong. I'm right. Right? Right, God? Right? I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm, I'm always right. So if they're wrong, they're wrong. Fix, fix them. They're wrong. Sometimes we try to outfigure, we try to outfigure God. Any overthinkers in the room? Yeah, yeah. Man, I work by myself. I think things through to the point of exhaustion. I wrestle with things. I think things through. I don't struggle with that. I get to the point where my head gets so hot, you, you, can, you, can, you can fry an egg on it. That's how much of an overthinker I am. I'm such an overthinker, I was thinking yesterday, what is overthinking? <laughs> like, I was like, what, what, what is overthinking? Let me think about it. <laughs> and then I said, Siri, what is overthinking? And Siri said, let me think about it. <laughs> Siri just popped up on my... They're listening. <laughs> Pastor Rick, you're right. My favorite men, the government, is listening. But overthinking, okay? We overthink things. And like I said, I asked Siri, what is overthinking? Siri didn't answer me. So I looked it up. This is overthinking. Here it is. Overthinking comes in two forms. Ruminating about the past and worrying about the future. See, the mind, look at what it says here. 
in Proverbs. First it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then what it says, do not lean on your own understanding. Well, where, where does the understanding come? Your own. So what he's saying is don't trust your own thinking. Don't trust the thoughts that come to your mind. Don't, don't trust them. Don't lean on them. Stop overthinking the situation. So we try to over, outthink God, overthink the situation. So we, we look, like it says, overthinking takes two forms. We ruminate about the past, people that have hurt us, people that have used us, people that have abused us, people that have failed us, how I failed myself, how I expected God to move, and he didn't. All, we start to look at the past and all its failures and all its frustration and all its shame and guilt and embarrassment. You ever think about your past sometimes and just shudder? Or you get so embarrassed, it, like, like it moves you. Because truthfully, our past is very embarrassing. At least mine is. But it's under the blood, and that's why sometimes I'm, nope, under the blood, under the blood. You know, I, I shudder for a minute, and then I think of the scripture, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is past. Behold, all things are made new. I've got to tell myself that scripture a lot. But here's the thing, we look at the past, and then we try to look at the future. Whoa. I can't control four seconds from now. How can I look in the future and not have anxiety, or have worry, or have doubt, or have fear? And this is what happens when we overthink. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. Now listen, there's a scripture that says, um, when it's, it talks about our thoughts, that we're... That, uh, um, well, our thoughts should not be higher than God's thoughts, that we're to submit our thoughts to Christ. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, right? So, so that's the thing that we have to understand. When, when we're going, when we're trying to trust the Lord and then we're trying to figure out, because we're overthinkers, how's he going to move? Okay? We're already trying to manipulate the process. We're already trying to grab a hold and, and control God. And so in, we have to take that mind and we have to submit it to the Lord. We have to take that thought captive. Nope. If I'm going to trust him, I have to trust him and not think about how I'm going to trust him. You understand what I'm saying? I have to let it go. I have to confess, God, I'm an overthinker. And I think too, too much on things that I exhaust myself. I think too much on things that I've set myself up for failure. I think on two things too much, and I look, I look to the past, Lord, and I, there's nothing there but destruction, shame, and guilt, but I know it's under the blood, but sometimes, Lord, because I, overlook, I look at things in the past, or I'm trying to see how you're going to move in the future, Lord, and I set myself up for anxiety, I set myself up for fear, I set myself up for doubt. And so because of that, when it says, lean not on your own understanding, he's telling you, lean not on your own understanding. It's very simple as a concept. But putting it into practice really means we got to start tearing down overthinking. We've got tearing down thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of depression, thoughts of failure. We have to start tearing down the things that cause my mind to try to outfigure God. But here's the thing. The Lord understands that people have let you down in your past. But let me tell you this. God's not a people. Where has he ever let you down? 
Never, never, never. He's not a people. Yes, if you get around me, trust me, I will disappoint you and I will let you down because I'm a people. If I get around you, you're going to disappoint me and you're going to let me down. Why? Because you're a people. And people let down people. But I still love people. You know why? Because God loves people. In all their faults and failures, God loves people. And because he's gracious and kind to people, we're gracious and kind to people. I can't put demands on people and, and ask them to carry a burden that they can't carry. So just be a people, and I'll love you for being a people, and love me for being a people. But God is not a people. And because he's not that, he's not going to let you down. And so he understands that you can say, oh, but I've been let down in this situation before. God understands that. But again, you're going to get, he's not a people. Here's the other thing he understands. Your feelings of, am I going to make it through it? Am I really going to make it through it? Well, this depends. This really depends. And it depends on you. See, if you take back, if you take back trust and you do it your way, no, you're not going to make it through. You're going to go around the mountain again. You're going to go through the same situation again and again because you've taken back trust, because you've taken back the situation. Maybe you've taken back an old habit. Maybe you've taken back an old situation. Maybe you've taken back an old flame and expecting it to be different this time. It's not. When you say, I'm done with this person, and then a week later, they call you. You're not done with this person. And you're expecting it to be different because they said they're different. And so we take control back. We take trust back. And so what happens is we go back around the mountain one more time. And so it depends really. If you're going to go, if you're going to go through it, you're not going to go through it. God is going to get you through it. You won't, you'll, you'll go through it, but are you going to go through it your way? You're going to go through it his way. See, this all comes down to the mind. Am I, am I determined to allow God to do it his way finally? Or somewhere along the point, I'm going to get uncomfortable or impatient, and I'm going to take it back, and I'm going to go back around the mountain. So it really depends. That question is, it depends on you. Are you going to get through? Yes and no. Yes, if you leave it in his hands, he'll get you through. No, if you take it back, you're going back around the mountain. So trust in the Lord is ceasing from trying to have it all figured out. You know that scripture that says, be anxious about nothing, but by everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your struggles be made known to God. Let your anxieties be made known to God. Let your failures and your fears be known to God. Why? Because the peace of God, which passes all understanding, what does it do? It guards your heart and what else? Your mind in Christ. It wouldn't be, isn't it great when you have that and you're not worried about anything, how much your mind is at peace and you have better sleep? You're not crabby or cranky? You, or you know he's got it, it's all going to turn out, even when somebody gets anxious and nervous, and say, you know, what, what, the situation's still here. What am I going to, hey, he's got it. It's all, it's all going to be okay. I remember a, a number of years back, me and Jill, we, you know, we were married, and I was working a job, and, and the job paid enough for the bills and one week's worth of food. 
It's tough. But you know what? As it got close to that, that time, I remember getting, I was overthinking it. And I was nervous. And I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I was like, all of a sudden, I put down the mop. And I said, stop. I got on my knees. And I said, Lord, here's the situation. I don't know how you're going to work it out. But I can't work it out. So I really need you to work it out. And I trust you. You're going to work it out. I got up. There was peace. I didn't worry about it for, the, for that. Matter of fact, when Jill comes to me, she says, we, you know, we opened the refrigerator. There's no food in there. She says, what are we going to do? I said, don't worry. God's got it. Now, a couple of days, a, a week before we, were, um, we got into this situation, we were thinking through this situation, we found a, 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 a double stroller. Uh, and we took it because we were going to give it to someone, this person we knew that just had twins. But she said, no, I've already been gifted with a double stroller. So we had it sitting in the backyard. So, she, so, she said, so we said, uh, Jill said, let me call and see if I can get somebody on the double stroller. She looks it up. She's how much it is. She puts it online. 20 minutes later, she gets a call. Uh, you still got that double stroller? Yeah, I'll take it. She hangs up the phone. The phone rings again. It's for me. Somebody says, I've been walking around with $200 in my pocket for you for two weeks. I keep forgetting to, <laughs> I keep forgetting to call you. Okay, we went from having nothing to eating steak, potato, and string beans that night. Because what does it say? Never have I seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. So you can trust them. You know, and I had that. I had that peace. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. And when I steak, it's all going to be okay. Right, Pastor Rick? I mean, that's the way God works. Guess what? It's all going to be okay. You're going to eat steak. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Well, you're going to eat something, but I'm going to eat a steak. But you get it? You're going to be okay. Trust him. Let, let whatever happens in your heart, yeah, you're going to struggle. We're all going to struggle with it. But you know what? The religious person says it's all okay. I got it. It's good. It's good. Look at me. The relationship person says, man, I'm struggling with this thing. But guess what? I know God's got it. As long as I keep my heart before God, he's going to work it out. The religious person will quote scripture, right? They'll quote scripture because they have it all up here, all that scripture, but the relationship person says, man, I'm really having a hard time right now overthinking this situation. I got fear. I got anxiety. I got doubt. I got worry. What do you do with that? Bring it to the Lord. Right? I was worried. Are we going to have food to eat? You know what? Man, forget this. Put the mop down. Go pray. Got up, mopping like, why? What happened? He took the anxiety. He took the worry. He took the doubt. He took the fear. He took the anxiety. I didn't have to worry about anything except eating steak. So, yeah, you're going to have issues of the heart. You're going to have issues of the mind. But guess what? He'll, he'll teach you what it is not to lean on your own understanding. See, if I'd have leaned on it instead of leaning on him, I wouldn't eat steak. You get, you get what I'm saying? Let's move on. The will. I find this part of trusting the Lord to be the hardest. See, 
See, I can wrestle with my heart, and I can wrestle with my mind, but now I have to bend my will to the Lord. See, I have to really let him take control, and I have to surrender control. See, I'm used to driving in a certain lane in a certain way and doing things a certain way. I'm, oh, Lord, I'm going to go to the left. I'm going to go to the left. I'm going to drive down this road. This is where I get my coffee. This is where I stop and say hi. This is where I go around the circle. This is where I go down the loop. This is where I go up the hill. This is where I take that really fast curve. Yeah, and I, and, and I don't let my foot off the, off the gas. Lord, I, I, I like this road. Who's driving? See, it says here, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. But it really comes down, see, the will part is hard for me because I have to bend my will to his will. I have to give up the steering wheel. I have to give him control. Lord, I trust you. It's all in your hands, Lord. Lord, it's not in your hands. Ah, here it is. Lord, I, I give you the steering wheel because I'm tired of taking control and driving all around and end up on the same road in the same situation. So, Lord, please take the wheel and drive because all I keep doing is making a mess. I hit every pothole, every bump, every guardrail. And, you know, the thing, too, is, is our car looks like a mess, and yet we still shine it up and put wax on it and make it look like it's good. But we drive around, we get in the... <laughs> car drives like a Cadillac, God. We're not being real. The car's broken down. Because we're trying to drive it like it's a Cadillac, and except it's a Yugo. But let's be real. If there's broken areas of our life... And we're trying, and all we keep doing is driving down the same road, keeping the same path, and driving and holding on to the steering wheel. Don't you think it's time to let it go and let Him drive? So when it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Wow, that's great, because you know what? The path can be straight instead of crooked, instead of windy, instead of hilly, instead of bumpy, instead of dangerous. No, He'll make your path straight. But it all comes down to the will. Here it says in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than yours. See, trust in the Lord is a surrender, to, to, to surrender of my will to his perfect will. So we see here that we have the mind, we have the will, we have the intellect. The intellect is arrogance. Where we can say to God, I do things my way. I know how to do it. I got this. It's a hardness of heart. It's a hardness of stance. And it says for us to turn from evil. Be not wise in your own eyes, but turn from evil. For lack of time, I'm going to put it off here and just to say to you that Jesus said this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, an arrogant person says, I'm in control. I'm the tree. A humble person says, I'm just a branch. And he's the vine. And if life flows through him, all I have to do is stay connected. And so if I stay connected, then the life flows through me and I can trust. 
But when I become hard and arrogant, I become brittle and dry. And if I become brittle and dry, guess what? I'm easily broken. And then what happens, Pastor? Thrown into the fire. So the intellect, we have to understand, the intellect keeps looking back on my accomplishments and what I've done and how good I've been. That's arrogant. But to trust and to say, put on, understand, it's kind of like the rock says, know your role and shut your mouth. Hold on, to the, hold on to the vine and just be a branch. Be happy being a branch. You'll be fed, you'll be at peace, and guess what? It'll make it easier for you to trust in the Lord. God bless you. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, thanks for reminding us that we need to trust you. Lord, all of us get in the way of your perfect peace because we try to do it our way. We try to control. We try to figure it out. Father, I pray that this message would stick in our hearts and in our minds. That, Father, when we come to the crossroads of life, we'll remember not to let Jesus take the wheel but have the wheel to get out of the driver's seat and just to let him drive. Father, in everywhere in our lives where we're grappling with you for control, we're frustrated. And so I pray that we would find the place of release today. I'm praying for people, Lord, who have big issues in front of them and they're, they're afraid, Lord, maybe relationship issues, financial issues, health issues. God, we need to start off trusting you in the small things, the everyday things. But for those who are in these spots, Lord God, give them the faith and the the wisdom just to let go, to find the peace of God that passes all understanding. God, teach us, teach us, Lord. We need to be trained. Our flesh doesn't submit without being broken, so break us. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise this morning.